0: Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C L A U D E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, good morning. Welcome back to another episode of The Waveform Podcasts. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And today we've got a lot of tech stuff. A lot. And that's, I mean, it's mainly because last week we spent all our time talking to Mr. Beast, all about YouTube, all about that sort of stuff. We had a lot of good feedback on that. You guys really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I want to do a lot more of that type of stuff. But that means it's been two weeks since we've talked about tech in the news and lots has happened.
1: Yeah, it just seems like also a very busy two weeks considering the first two weeks of the year were just not much of anything but everything's
0: it's, popping up from all all aspects of tech it's definitely usually quiet but we had we had like a big camera week in there and we have we have like a whole bunch of random one of the things we're not talking about is the the stock market and everything going on with <laughs> it and respective subreddits and yeah that, that's just even I, though it has a lot to do with tech I don't think we're qualified to really talk about it it does have to do with tech it has a lot of characters in tech but I'm not trying to get into the weeds of financial advice right now. Maybe <laughs> maybe another podcast is what I'm trying to say. But uh, we have plenty to talk about. I think we should probably just lead with Tesla.
1: Yeah, I have <laughs> Tesla just first because I know no matter where I put it in the script, you will talk about it first. So We'll let's definitely uh, get to it. So um, It's funny though because I had like this big, you've been telling me about why you think there's going to be a Model S and X refresh. Yeah. And it was like, it was really hard to test drive them. They were like upping the sales out of everything. They were, you couldn't see them in showrooms anymore. And I had this big list of rumors as to why
0: we thought it might happen. Mm-hmm. And then like an hour
1: ago, it just all got unveiled, so.
0: Well, so there's a there's a lead up to it. The, the Model S design is, it's like 10 plus years old at this point. Like fundamentally the design of the car is unchanged since the beginning. Big uh, there's vertical touch screen. Right? So there's one small outside refresh The hood, which was or the the front grill. The yeah. nose cone. Mm-hmm. That was an exterior like look change. Is uh, that what
1: you call it, a nose cone? Nose cone, yeah. I've always just called it the grill, but yeah, obviously I mean, it's not. It isn't an, an actual, actual grill, grill, so it went yeah. from
0: a plastic nose cone to more metal. Okay. But uh the autopilot versions changed, but really fundamentally like the inside has always been that vertical screen. Mm-hmm. It's always been the same doors, same door handles, same shape. So they've never really changed the Model S. And in car years, that's a long time, let alone tech years. That's forever. Yeah. So the rumors have been building for a long time, and we kind of were like, I think that this earnings call on Wednesday, we're recording this on Wednesday night, just so you know. Yeah. I have plans to possibly make a video about all this. <laughs> um, but we're recording this on Wednesday night, and during the earnings call, they update the site, they, give, they go over all the stuff, and they drop the new Model S and X. And yeah, it's, it's something. It is, it, there is a lot to it. I guess we'll just, I'm just going to go down the list. This obviously isn't a video podcast yet, but (laughs) I do have a lot to say about the aesthetics and the things that they've changed, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll use this template as like a guide for the video when I make it. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I almost debated telling you to just throw a camera up here and just take the clips
0: out and turn it into the YouTube (laughs) video also, yeah. So right off the bat, outside changes are pretty small. They turned all the chrome black, kind of like they did with Model 3 and Model Y. Every single car company do that please
1: stop with the chrome i think toyota's been doing it a bunch with just maybe not even like their door handles and window trim but they've been doing it with their emblems and like the wording and names on the back and it looks so good on every single color and chrome looks terrible
0: please stop yeah chrome's starting to feel old basically starting yeah. to feel a little bit outdated. <laughs> so it's gone from the car. I think maybe just the logo is the last chrome piece, but that's that's pretty sweet. And then uh, there's a little bit of a different shape up front, a little bit of a more simple grille at the bottom for the front splitter and some, I, some different fog lights.
1: I think I read people were saying it looks like the air like intake vents are a little bigger, probably right. to help battery cooling.
0: Yep, uh, a little bit better battery performance, and I think that leads us beautifully into the new specs before I talk about the interior. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be three models Model S, and I'm gonna focus on Model S, even though Model X also got this refresh. It basically doesn't exist to Tesla. Like they, they still make it kind of because they have to, but it's the kind X. of a nightmare. Yeah, there's not a lot of attention around the X. All this is about the S. Huh. I'm just talking about the S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just so, trying
1: to think of who's the. I feel like the X still gets um, a lot, of, like in the vlogger community. The there's X, a couple. It just seemed David Dobrik, right. uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul. I don't know. It's the doors. Jalen Smith,
0: very or Jalen Smith, J- Jada, Jada, Smith. what's his son's name? Now you got me thinking, Smith. I don't know, um, but yeah, Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith has one.
1: There's some. There's small market for the X. Yeah,
0: but the Model S is where it's at. So there's really just three versions now. And by the way, I'm going to say overarching for this whole thing is simplicity. Tesla's simplifying their manufacturing, simplifying their lineup mm-hmm. of vehicles. So there's three, there's a long range Model S, a Plaid Model S, and a Plaid Plus Model S. Oh. So Model S long range has 412 mile range, zero to 60 in 3.1 seconds, dual motors. And it's, it's a pretty standard look, that's like what probably most people getting a Model S would get. Then the performance version is your Plaid Model S, which goes directly to triple motors. It drops a little bit of range, 390 miles, but it goes two hundred mile an hour top speed and zero to sixty in one point nine nine seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna say that one more time, just in case you didn't hear it. This several thousand pound four door family car hatchback does zero to sixty in one point nine nine seconds. I, I feel like you need to
1: like take a an advanced driver's test in order to get something
0: <laughs> that can go under two seconds to pilot this thing yeah yeah i've yeah every time i think about like performance cars on the street i'm like i see regular people driving cars poorly all the time and i just yeah. get a little bit worried about giving them that much power there's a whole youtube rabbit hole of great like mustang car meets of people
1: just like wrecking it into the media and pulling out
0: yeah but, uh, i mean i guess the good thing is this is all-wheel drive this is the safest car in the world this is a car that's tries really hard not to crash itself but yeah, a lot of, lot of power here, yeah. but just so you know, that's starting at 112,990, which is 10,000 more than the previous Model S, okay. and then Plaid Plus is 1,100 horsepower versus the 1,020 of Plaid, zero to 60, and they're a little more vague with this, under 1.99 seconds, so it'll be faster, we don't know how much faster, it's still tripper motors, And it'll do the quarter mile in less than nine seconds, which would make it the quickest zero to 60 and the quickest quarter mile acceleration in any production car ever. And again, this is not yet the Roadster. This is just the spec. Yeah. But the most interesting spec to me of Plaid Plus is it's still triple motor and there's no new battery info, but it goes 520 plus miles on a charge. So Wait, what was the long range again? 460? Long range was 412. 412. Plaid was down to 390. And then Plaid Plus was 520. So this leads me to believe that Plaid Plus is a different battery technology. Yeah, do you think it's the one... Because that sounds around the specs that Roadster was supposed to have, right? Exactly. Roadster's got a 620-plus quoted mile range. And on top of that, this is the one other thing that's really interesting. I'll just touch on the X for a second. I don't think this is happening to the X because if you go to the Model X on Tesla's site, you can see... You have the long-range version, which has a 360-mile range, and then the Plaid version, which has a 340-mile range. So there's no Plaid Plus. So whatever's happening with Plaid Plus is, I guess, this ultra high-end, super premium powertrain and battery system that only the high-end Model S and, I guess, eventually Roadster are going to get. It sounds like it's just a Roadster with a Model S body. It's a four-door Roadster. <laughs> it's yeah. a four-door, two-door. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a crazy uh, it's a crazy car. I. I'm prefacing all of this with, like, I, I don't need it. I'm not going to get it. I'm going to wait till the Roadster. But also, this is absolutely insane what they've done. Now, really, the, the most important part is the inside of the car that they've updated. Uh, so, like I said, simplicity's sake, they've finally switched to the horizontal touchscreen inside, mm-hmm. which I think looks pretty good. It's, like, a little more well-integrated with the car. It doesn't stick out as much as Model 3.
1: Yeah, I think what I like... I like that, but I like that they kept the screen in front of you like a regular odometer, like they have in the Model S already. Because like three and Y, I'm fine with that screen there. I, the only thing is, it's a little weird that you have to look over, yeah. to see your uh, like odometer. But the fact that you have it, it's a better spot there, and you still have your regular like driving odometer, which yeah. I Behind think the is fantastic.
0: Wheel. Yeah. And speaking of that steering wheel. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is where this is the interesting one, and I think this is where a lot of people are polarized because this interior looks very similar minus the steering wheel. If you look on their site, it's a yoke-style steering wheel, and it's almost kind of squared off, so it's like the bottom half of a square steering wheel. And then there's a bunch of buttons on the steering wheel itself, and there are... No blinker stalks, no windshield wiper stalks, nothing behind the wheel, no paddles, no nothing. Yeah, yeah. let's paint a picture here though, because I've never heard the term yoke style, and I only understand it because I saw the picture right before. So picture fighter jet uh, handles like that yoke style. So yeah, there's no I, top. Just saw to, the top off a steering
1: wheel. It's like rectangular and doesn't have a, yeah, top part. So yeah, I'm just like I was just trying to think about using it in general. And yeah, it seems so cool for like straight line and like minor turns on a highway but exactly turning around in a parking lot
0: or like a tight driveway or something
1: seems miserable on it
0: yeah i this is one of those things where i'm imagining it and i'm imagining it really poorly and i think i'm just gonna have to try it because as of right now (laughs) i don't even think this is legal to ship yet i think you technically have to have an enclosed steering wheel and then people or at least you have to ship it with one and then people can modify it later Uh, i think that's technically the rule here in the u.s i don't know the rules internationally but I've never seen a car actually ship with a yoke steering wheel before. So, again, this is all TBD. We'll see it when this happens, but I, yeah. I think I won't, I'm going to have to give it a shot because it's really weird. Um, I'm sure we'll find someone with it if you don't order it, and I say that like you're not going to be
1: taking delivery by the time this episode's I out don't somehow. Don't. I really don't want to do it. I don't want to <laughs> do it. I'm just waiting for the Slack message tonight of like, went back on my, yeah, guys,
0: remember no. what I said like 20
1: minutes ago? Yeah, no, no, I got it.
0: Um. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. estimated delivery is March. If you do happen to get one, so if you do get one and you're a listener of the podcast and you're in the Northeast, I mean, I would love uh-huh. to make a video trying to drive the thing.
1: Kyle Connor is gonna go. He said he wasn't gonna do cannonball, but like he just did it, and now this yeah, is this coming is, out. It's
0: pretty sweet. <laughs> I I just I I have a full video in the works. I'm pretty sure about all of my reactions to Model S plaid and the refresh but that's just my general surface overview thoughts are it looks pretty sweet they've simplified it they've done a lot of the stuff that we expected which is getting it closer to model three but they've kept the the upgrades and hashtag I don't need it <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: back to things apparently people don't need mm. next step iPhone mini oh yeah all right I have to talk about this one because I thought it was super interesting and two because I thought I made. We make a lot of like predictions and calls on this podcast. We do. And this is one I was very confident in that I could not have been more wrong
0: about. So what was your prediction and then what happened?
1: I said when the iPhone 12 line came out, I said iPhone 12 mini is going to sell the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Now, already when I was reading this, I've realized my grave mistake. So my my initial thought process behind it was iPhone 12 mini, cheapest iPhone. I don't know about tech. I walk into my carrier store. Please give me iPhone. I don't want to spend that much money. iPhone mini, hooray. I forgot about iPhone SD. Mm. Like a, and I'm like really embarrassed to admit that. Um, So, it didn't. It didn't sell very well. In fact, iPhone 12 series accounted for 76% of total iPhone sales in the United States in October and November iPhone Mini only accounted for six percent of those sales.
0: It's funny we never get like actual real numbers, numbers, but that's a that's a hard number. That was from MacRumors.com, which I trust.
1: I believe because
0: we Uh, Apple just had an earnings call. I haven't had time. I've been working on videos, so I haven't actually listened to the earnings call. But that probably was where it came from. Yeah. So six percent of all the iPhone 12s were the Mini. That's
1: that's not very many. Yeah, that is not a lot at all. Um, iPhone 12 sold the best, by the way, out of all that. Got Um, it. But yeah. So I was very wrong about that. And I think there was already rumors. I think what started all this, or at least the the talk about iPhone mini sales not doing very well, is that some manufacturing plants were already shutting down manufacturing on the 12 Mini, yeah. and I if think, you only sold 6%, I, I'm assuming you've got a pretty big stockpile of them
0: somewhere. Yeah, I think that I read that there was some switching of manufacturing going from the Mini to the Pro. So they already knew they needed to make a lot of the 12, and mm-hmm. they've been making a lot of the 12, just cranking those things out. But they've made so many Minis that they don't have to keep making so many, so they shifted allocation of production of that to some of the 12 Pro, which I guess they sold more 12 Pros and less 12 Minis than they thought they would that's interesting I yeah. I hindsight hindsight it makes sense to Sorry. me because I know people want the bigger iPhone generally and I think every year us tech people oh Dieter said this best I think he said it either on the vergecast or in a video but mm-hmm. every oh he tweeted this actually <laughs> which is <laughs> that we all every year go hey make a small phone and every few years Apple goes oh, fine and they make a small phone <laughs> and everyone goes yeah you made a small phone everyone's gonna mm-hmm. buy it And then no one buys it. And Apple goes, see, why (laughs) do we even do that? And then they go four or five more years without making a small phone. They did that with the SE like five years ago and it wasn't the best seller. So that
1: kind of brings me to my next point, which I think we need to explain a little bit because it's based on a conversation you and I have had. You told me you don't think there'll be a new iPhone SE next year, right? Or this year, 2021. You think it's gonna take three to four years before another SE comes out? I think so. So do you think it was a mistake to release 12 mini the same year there was an iPhone SE instead of let's say SEs every three to four years in two years after the I've, the SE release so between it then a mini comes out which is at a cheaper price point but much more recent specs
0: yeah I don't know if I would call it a mistake but I think it just depends on what Apple wants to do with the mini or what Apple wants to do with the SE because the SE mm-hmm. is still such old exterior hardware it's touch id still it's still got so many things that we just don't think of as a new iphone do we think se sells in carriers for the
1: full four years before uh, presumably it comes out again in
0: 2024 i think it's maybe like two or three years
1: yeah so like when that leaves carrier would that have been the better time to, for iphone mini to come out as the new cheaper alternative so, iPhone? so it's technically, not even that much cheaper yeah but.
0: technically yes but i don't think apple's too worried about cannibalizing their own sales i okay. think they're more worried about other people taking up their own sales so i i don't think they're gonna stagger the iphone se release because they want to sell more minis i think they just want to offer more things and sell more iPhones. Period. Hmm. If that's just people deciding between iPhones, Apple doesn't really mind. Uh, they'd love to sell more high, high cost, you know, big margin iPhones, I'm sure. But if you're uh, already buying an iPhone, you're buying an iPhone. Yeah. And then, so my last question on this is:
1: people like small phones, arguably because you know they're much easier to carry around. We got so used to big phones. If iPhone Mini is, let's just assume dead in the water now. I can't imagine. Apple being super pumped to start another one, unless they had plans for a an iPhone 13 mini already, um, is this where the folding phone flip style really has its chance to shine as
0: a compact phone? Okay. That's not what I thought you were going to ask. I thought you were going to no. ask, do they kill the mini next year? Um, I think that decision has been made already. You think? Do you think they're killing it? No.
1: Oh. I wouldn't be surprised if they already started planning for a 13 mini and then based on sales this year could gotcha. potentially in the future be like, mm, this isn't working and not, right. not worth our time.
0: So yeah, we we went over the Apple rumors and we know that Apple's thinking about a smartphone that folds and we don't really know too many details yet about like what type of fold is it. Uh, I think the Bloomberg article talked about the quo rumor, which is that it is one of the smaller folds, kind of like a flip phone okay. type of thing. That
1: I didn't know. I was just talking in general. Like yeah. there are people out there and it seems like they're, tech people apparently because of the sales Mm -hmm. because we know a lot of tech people that love the mini and a Mm -hmm. lot of people are like wow we just lost our chance because it sold so poorly so is that is that enthusiasm for small compact phones going to be taken up by companies other than apple like z flip three or whatever comes out next
0: Uh, i think there will always be a a niche niche hunger for a small phone small candy bar phone small phone yeah small candy bar phone who's gonna fill it uh, I think people who bought the Mini really like it. I just think we didn't realize there's not that many of those people. I think people who are buying, like, the small candy bar phone, like, once Sony makes mm-hmm. an Xperia Mini and people get those, they're like, finally, I, I wanted a small flagship, yeah. and it's good for them. But if Apple decides not to continue with the Mini, yeah, what company is going to take over that position? Oh, um... I think those people were angrily buy a bigger iPhone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so no one. <laughs> I think, I don't We've think killed anyone, mini
0: phones. Yeah, I, okay. I don't know how many. I think it's a tiny group of people cross-shopping iPhone 12 mini and Sony Xperia mini. I think that's a very mm. small group. I just think of,
1: well, we'll talk about this later, but I think of places like LG who keep the the headphone jack and their, uh, their DAC. So it's like they've hit this niche of people that really love stuff like that. Who's this company that doesn't have the likes of Apple and Samsung power that you know maybe could sneak in here and increase their market share by tending to a group of people who really like the compact phone? Or who would you like to see
0: do it? Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I'm going to toss. I mean, if it's anyone I'm predicting, it seems like that would be a Samsung move is to go, yeah. we're throwing everything at the wall already. Let's throw a Galaxy S Mini right at the middle of this wall and just fill in the iPhone's void. But I hey, will see. I wouldn't be shocked to see it. Okay. Anyway, cool. we're we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about that LG stuff and a bunch of other tech rumors we got to catch up on. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets, Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic's dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable, Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right, welcome back.
1: Uh, I said we were going to talk about LG, and that is what we are going to talk about but not what you think about i think last time we talked about lg was lg wing or rollable phones and this is very different um there's a lot of rumors going around based on a memo that lg ceo sent out that they're considering eliminating their smartphone division um that's very sad Sad i think Yeah. yeah um so the quote is And I forget if this was from The Verge, or, but it it was kind of like there was the memo that came out, they denied the memo, and then they let out a release to a Korean uh, news organization or something. Um, Anyway, the quote is, since the competition in the global market for mobile devices is getting fiercer, it is about time for LG to make a cold judgment and the best choice. The company is considering all possible measures, including sale, withdrawal, and downsizing of the smartphone business. Hmm. So, that doesn't sound fun. First of all,
0: yeah, I think when you when you think about like market share in and they said global, so global, global smartphone market share, LG is not exactly at the top of the heap. And financially, LG does a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you think about what LG does, they have a dominant display company, basically. Yeah. And uh, I've worked with a bunch of different divisions of LG. So I like, think of them as different companies because they definitely don't talk to each other. <laughs> but they make appliances and make stovetops. They make uh, like smaller displays for a bunch of other like well, yeah, mobile TVs, devices. TVs, computers, like, yeah. they're probably some of the best manufacturers of
1: both of those.
0: Exactly. So LG's all over the place, and they're looking at their smartphone sales like, oh, I mean, we make the displays, and we make like a bunch of you know components for these things, but they're not selling too well. Maybe someone else wants to carry this brand, or maybe we can just axe it all together. So it makes sense, but it is kind of sad because you do not want to see competition leave. Yeah. We lose when that happens. We mm-hmm. want to see as much competition and new upstarts and, you know, growth as possible. So when something like a massive company who could subsidize a smartphone division like LG is bailing, uh, that's less for us. I mean, we were just getting Wing and like the beginning of their Explorer mm-hmm. program. What would have the next versions of that look like? Well, maybe never know, but I, I mean, would have liked to see. That
1: could be what decides this fate. To be honest, if if you're looking at stuff like innovative stuff like wing or potentially a rollable phone. I mean, we don't know the exact timetable of this and we don't think they're pulling out quite yet, but success on that could make or break something like this.
0: I think LG needs to have a couple big volume sellers. I don't think wing was ever going to be that, but like when you think of Samsung with galaxy S and you think Mm -hmm. of Apple with the iPhone, you have to have like one big constant seller. And if you're like a BlackBerry where you have a couple smaller sellers, or if you're like a, you know, a company that doesn't have that cash cow, then you can't really subsidize all your smaller projects. You just you just don't have the True. money in this division. So LG's G series isn't the mainstream flagship that it kind of tried to be a while ago, and that's why they're not gonna keep going. Yeah,
1: and the V series is always like it's there. It's competing with all the uh the top flagships, it's just like misses the mark just by a little bit there's i mean unless you're like a huge audio ner- nerd audiophile whatever you want to call it and you really love that headphone jack like mm-hmm. chances are you're probably going to lean towards the galaxy s series or the note series or you're going to lean towards Huawei's p or mate series it's yeah. there's similar pricing i mean maybe a little cheaper on lg but i think generally you go the route of samsung or huawei um yeah. which isn't great but i like like we said how this Competition breeds innovation. A great example of this is LG had an ultra wide on like four cameras before it really made it to mainstream cameras. And ultra wide is something you and I talk about oh, being yeah. like one of our favorite camera. That's right. Um,
0: LG was the first to put an ultra wide in a phone, and we looked this up, so
1: you probably remember. But yeah. what were we guessing? I I guessed V forty was the first one, and I thought it was like G eight or something. Yeah, it's V twenty, which is two thousand
0: sixteen. They've been at it.
1: Yeah, I. When was the first ultra wide in like a Samsung? I feel like it wasn't until like I think S9 there was definitely a gap here.
0: There was a gap here because I remember reviewing that phone and being like, "This is a this is cool. I hope yeah. we see this more often. It's like fun. It's useful. It's unique. And you can't. It's so much better than trying to take a panorama, which is what I was doing mm-hmm. to get wides before. And I was always I remember traveling. Um, <laughs> I was in the city all the time, just taking pictures of buildings I couldn't take before. And yeah, I was really a big fan of those early LG ultra Wides, so it eventually made its way everywhere. Until we were like, "Why hasn't the Pixel done it yet? It's clearly the thing to do." Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you, LG, for
1: the ultra wide. Appreciate like, that. We don't want you to go anywhere because you're bringing you're bringing stuff, making other phones better, which just makes makes it better for all of us.
0: You know, it makes me feel old.
1: What's the fact that,
0: that I've seen legit smartphone brands like seemingly massive companies grow and then fall from grace and like and they're gone. I like, mean like, HTC's completed that already. That's that's a big one. Mm-hmm. HTC, I remember the HTC 1 was like, wow, is this the best yeah. phone out right now like next to what Samsung makes? They made a Google Play edition. That was the jam. I love that phone. Mm-hmm. And they made these metal phones, they're pioneering these unibody, these front-facing speakers, all this stuff and then they slowly they didn't make a Nexus, and then they slowly just started to disappear, and and then it was just it was just over. And they made like one of the worst phones ever, and I reviewed it, and I said it was bad, and it was poor use of space, and then they were gone. Well, but at the same time, they they redeemed themselves in that
1: same year and made a good phone. It's just they did something kind of similar as they were pricing themselves as the top, the same as all the the, the Samsungs and Apples, mm-hmm. and they just weren't quite there. I feel like if. Samsung and LG, I mean, if they both went to that 750 mark or, you know, $300 under the top phone Yeah, and maybe, like, didn't try... Uh, what was the
0: last thing the HCC tried? Those weird buttons on the side? Yeah, those, like, phones with no buttons and then the the, the transparent backs, they kind they were of like, did it for a little bit. They were, like, fake buttons on the side that yeah. just had, like,
1: no click.
0: Yeah, there, there they tried to do it or, with a haptic motor. It was rough.
1: It was really rough. Yeah. Um, and it's just sad to see them gambling on something like that as being their new feature they're going to bring into and it just doesn't quite work out as well uh.
0: so here's a here's a question then mm-hmm. your answer might get plastered everywhere we'll see how it goes <laughs> i don't do you... think i have enough pull to get plastered <laughs> on things. We'll, we'll see what what do you think is the next big smartphone company that we have now that will eventually turn and go under
1: oh man um I
0: think I have my answer, actually.
1: I don't think I want to... Well, we're going to talk about another one after this. Um, I don't think they're going to go under, though. I kind of... Mm, my hot take is one plus.
0: Oh, ah, interesting. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're not mainstream, but they are pretty big, and I, we kind of all know about them at this point. I think that they've made it into carriers, Is I'd have to
1: consider them mainstream enough. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to think of other companies. So Motorola is like... you know, We don't hear about them as much, but they're budget brand like their budget models are amazing and they're like in carriers and they are just when somebody goes in and says i need a phone that's probably what they get they're in bed with verizon yeah they yeah yeah. i think motorola is fine maybe their flagships aren't working perfectly but whatever i mean we're considering BlackBerry dead already, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, because that's that. that's the easy one. Oh, yeah. not according to
0: uh, the stock market, though. I think they're <laughs> starting to rise again. Key, my hot take is Motorola. Is it? And it's because I think they don't have the cash cow that they once did. Their flagships, they haven't had for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't really made a flagship until the edge for the past year or two, and that's typically where you have high margins, you make the most of your money. And I think their budget phones, while they are really lockstep with Verizon, that's not every carrier in the world. And the budget space is incredibly competitive, especially in the other markets like Asia. You look at like what Huawei and Xiaomi and Redmi are Mm -hmm. doing. People aren't looking at Motorola as like the king of budget over there like they might when they're here. So in the U.S. specifically, if you can dominate, which they're not dominating, but if you can do budget phones really well, that's a decent amount of cash. But they don't have that cash cow anymore, and their Razor isn't exactly dominating uh, either. Oh, I forgot about the Razor. Yeah, so I, just, I bad, feel like I, they might kind of just be treading water right now looking for a cash cow. I wonder if they just, I think Motorola before going under,
1: and I mean, this is based on nothing. This is just my assumptions. Uh-huh. Um, maybe they just stop trying to do the flagship big stuff like that and just keep being the like people's company, the non-techie company, well, that's a carrier that company yeah. with with who? With OnePlus. It's well, no, system. so not like the fans company. When I say the people's company, I mean like the general people of the world, the average consumers, the people who are just oh, yeah. going and don't even know what, they're probably still saying, I want a Droid mm-hmm. um, and picking the, that up at Verizon. I think my the opposite reason for that and why I would pick potentially OnePlus I think they're trying to do too much at this point, and they didn't have, I mean, I guess they're owned by BBK, right? So yep. they've got some backing, but like, they're trying to do way too much. They've lost their way. They're putting out headphones and TVs and four different, no, like six different phones at this point. I, I think
0: that's uh, low-key, that's a sign of success, I think, for them. When you're like, we could only make one phone a year, and now we're making two, and now we're making 11 and headphones and these accessories and everything like that. To me, that sounds like we finally have enough money to start building like more than just one phone in an ecosystem and we're getting into it and we're starting to become like one of the biggest companies.
1: I mean, maybe around the globe they're doing better, but if you can name me one person that has a OnePlus TV or uses a pair of OnePlus headphones and actually uses anything other than probably like a OnePlus 8 Pro or OnePlus 8T, hmm. I'd be very surprised. Interesting, all right. Can you?
0: no yeah uh, uh, i mean no. i think we're in a different market
1: <laughs> yeah like we obviously know u.s better than a lot of other different countries but i don't remember anything like all those extra products that they announce i never hear another thing about them after the announcement
0: for them Yeah, that's interesting yeah like do you know anything know. about the oneplus tv that's out right now i just know it's not in the u.s and it's probably not dominating the way i mean if you make a display they're not making the displays they're buying the displays and rebranding them and selling them as a oneplus tv so that doesn't necessarily take that much money to do but you probably also don't make that much money doing that so i don't know maybe it's just a brand play anyway we got one other thing in this same category which is uh china's huawei in talks to sell their premium brands now i will again mention in every article you read huawei furiously denies Mm -hmm. that any of this is happening they'll say no we're absolutely not doing this but this is just our little food for thought because the rumor is they're in like early stage talks to sell off their smartphone brand Uh, huawei's mate series or P series. just
1: the series not their brand
0: just those two series yes and i
1: think that it mostly comes stemming from the u.s band so like they actually sold the honor brand already because of it and because they just wanted to break it off i'm sure there's still some sort of connection or whatever with that but they didn't want us to be banning honor phones but they're just talking about selling off the p series and the mate series as i'm assuming maybe a lot of those sell in the u.s despite to me this one makes no sense this one makes Uh, no sense less i i'm assuming that it's just hurting them enough that these luxury models um, they have plenty of other phones that they're making that are doing well globally and the P and mate series potentially are taking a huge, uh, I read there was somewhere in here that said, um, analysts have already noted recent insufficient supplies, uh, of the flagship P 40 and mate 40s due to severe component shortage. So they're having like, it's affecting components as well with the U S ban. So Mm. I don't know if something's because of that is specifically hitting that. And also, uh, last year, they said U.S. restrictions meant they'd soon stop being able to make the Kirin chips.
0: Oh right. Well, they definitely have to change the way they do it because as of right now, they still need the partnership of a couple a couple U.S. You know, U.S. companies. So, I, yeah, I could I get why the rumor has legs, but I just don't see them breaking it off in that small of a thing and expecting to get anything for it, and really making a difference. I don't know.
1: Do you think they're getting something for it, or
0: do you think they're just potentially avoiding losses? from it i think i think they holding they're holding probably a little bit of faith in a new administration and getting back into the u.s and changing things yeah yeah i don't
1: know um but you know it wouldn't be a rumor unless we took that rumor and wildly um irresponsibly ran with it so speculate to the moon imagine oh boy google buying either the p or the mate series
0: uh oh god I mean, didn't so Google already? No, no. no there
1: is nothing of. There are no rumors about Google buying it. I'm just saying. Right. Google sucks at hardware. Some, we all know that. I
0: guess the rumor you're you're tossing this out to to maybe make a better Pixel hardware-wise, yes. right? Because that's what they did with Motorola, isn't it? They bought a bunch of hardware engineers. And they, they bought HTC. Or HTC also, yeah. They. Yeah, exactly. And that didn't really work. <laughs> so they bought the engineers.
1: What if they were physically buying? the series already and then could
0: just work on that
1: further hmm. i they mean the, have the dream
0: is there because huawei makes the amazing hardware and google has not made great hardware but does the software well so boom put them together huawei pixel 6 imagine
1: a mate 40 with a snapdragon 888 triple eight and stock android
0: yeah i mean and, like google cam algorithms i think that would actually be pretty sick but it would hey. be amazing I'm not trying to get my hopes up though. If you speculate to the moon, you get your hopes up too high and then you're disappointed. What else is this podcast for? I mean... (laughs) Isn't there a quote that like uh, expectations are the the root of disappointment or something like that? That sounds boring. It's true though. It's so true. Anyway. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to talk MacBooks and Sony A1. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back to the Too Good to Be True Tech Podcast. I'm your host. Uh, today we're talking MacBook <laughs> Pros, <laughs> MacBook Pro rumors. Uh, no, there's, there's a new bunch of rumors, a bunch of new rumors floating around about the new MacBook Pros with Apple Silicon coming this year.
1: Uh, Can I make the pitch that I think was at Apple headquarters for the, the, what is it, 2021 MacBook Pro? Yeah. Hey, remember
0: all those things we took out of the MacBooks? (laughs) Let's put them back. Johnny Ives isn't here anymore. (laughs) We can finally do it. Uh, It really kind of does seem like that. They're going backwards on a lot of stuff. Number one, the return. Okay, let me just say. 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pros are expected Mm -hmm. at the higher end of their lineup because we have the M1 MacBook Air and the M1 MacBook Pro at the lower end. So we're just talking laptops here. Number one, that sounds really exciting. Give me bigger screens, give me thinner bezels, maybe even Face ID. But the number one thing that catches your eye is the return of the SD card slot. And as soon as you see that, you're like, oh, anything's on the table. (laughs) Anything's on the table. If they'll bring back a slot, a port, Apple doesn't bring back ports. So that's, that's a major deal. This is As soon as I read this, I'm like, all right, I don't want to get my hopes up. It's too good to be true, but let's keep reading. (laughs) Um, Then there's the removal of the Touch Bar, which, I mean, I'm sitting in front of a MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar. It's my favorite laptop in the world right now. I never use the Touch Bar.
1: It's funny because I feel like we've made it to that stage where people kind of stopped hating the Touch Bar and either don't talk about it or are on the side of, I actually like my Touch Bar
0: now. I don't know why everyone gives it such a bad rap. I got my mom an M1 MacBook Pro for mm-hmm. the holidays, and I think we've basically just ignored the touch bar the entire time. I've done the remote tech support thing. We just don't talk about the touch <laughs> bar. We don't talk about it. it so It just looks nice. Yeah, it just yeah. sits there. I think Apple realizes that the dream is dead with the touch bar. They wanted to do probably a lot more with it, and mm-hmm. it's not happening. So why keep spending the money on putting that there, bring the F function keys back, and we already got the escape key, so let's just bring all the rest of the buttons back. Yeah. Fine, I'm cool with that. But again, wow, too good to be true. We're going backwards. Yeah, it's weird. Is this the like everyone calls Apple the dongle
1: salespeople? Like they're they're t- gonna tank. <laughs> Google stock is gonna
0: tank because of their dongle sales are gonna go down the tube after this one. And- yeah, it's like you know how Apple has uh, different divisions are like by themselves like multi-billion-dollar companies. Like the iPhone That's by a- itself is a billion-dollar company. The Mac by itself is like a Fortune 100 company yeah, by itself. I feel like their dongle company right now is like- I uh, wanna know those <laughs>
1: stats. Cause what, AirPods were like one of the fifth highest like grossing- AirPods compa- by themselves. Quote unquote companies, yeah. Yeah, huge company. So like, yeah, I wanna see what their dongle company, how that's doing. Dongle LLC. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely doing
0: better than GameSpot. <laughs> GameStop. Their stock is plummeting <laughs> currently.
1: Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, I thought it was funny Mark Gurman called this the fix everything edition.
0: I can't (laughs) wait. I mean, there's just so much. When you see this dramatic of a change, you know, Apple Silicon is already enough for me to get excited for these machines. You add on top of that a redesign, because they really haven't redesigned these laptops in a while. They've sort of adjusted and shaved and tweaked here and there. Is there like rumors of the redesign? Basically, we're expecting some squared-off edges, kind of like iPhone. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. But also 14- and 16-inch laptops in the footprints of, like, a 15-inch and 17-inch laptop. So they're going thinner with the bezels Mm -hmm. and then going maybe Touch ID or Face ID or both. And it's just sort of a different look.
1: I don't know if I would like squared-off edges on a laptop. Interesting. Explain. It would feel too much like, uh, remember, was that the Lenovo, like, Yoga Book that... Dual touch, so where the keyboard was also a touchscreen, and yeah, it would feel a lot like those two in one tablet. I mean, I'm sure they could do it well, but I generally like the the bezelled edges on a laptop, or else it feels clunkier.
0: Counterpoint, mm-hmm. Pixelbook. I didn't love the Pixelbook. Okay, yeah, I th- I thought that was a nice little squared off design. It's
1: one of those ones where it's like, it it's nice, it looks really nice, but then I'm like holding it, I'm like, I it just doesn't really feel. I think. MacBooks have always just felt so slim and nice. It, it kind of reminds me of how OnePlus phones felt with like the OnePlus 5, the 5T, stuff like that. They just felt so much thinner than everything else because of how well they tapered the edges.
0: They got really good at taper, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think like the MacBook Air is still one of my favorite laptops, despite never owning one, but just because of how thin it is, especially now with M1, how powerful it is, mm-hmm. and just like that can slip into any backpack without snagging on things or like... yeah. It, it sucks when you have a backpack on a flight that's completely packed and you're trying to jam your laptop in and move
0: everything out of the way. and Too many it's too yeah. thick. Yeah, no, I, I think the redesign may have something to do with the new internals and the thermal management needed. So we're still waiting for details. We don't know what the mm-hmm. GPU situation is. They're going to be higher-end laptops, and we know that requires some sort of GPU solution. But again, are they going to do this Mega M2 chip with a huge integrated GPU or what the deal is? And will for it have MacBook? to be... For the MacBook Pro, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a, like. it's probably not the best option, mm-hmm. but we don't know what their plans are. And I wouldn't put it past Apple to do that. And then also, what kind of fan situation is needed? The, the MacBook Pros have fans. Where do you, do you... Do you err on the side of like throwing bigger battery in there or just having more airflow? Do you? I don't know what they're doing with Wait, it. Wait, did the MacBook... Pro, that came out in,
1: like, December. Did that have a fan with the M1 chip? This one? Is that the one you're using right Yeah, now? M1 MacBook Pro. I can't Pro. keep up with my Yep, <laughs> it's <laughs> got a fan. Okay. So the
0: Air does not have a fan. It's passively cooled. The yeah. only performance difference between this and the Air is the fact that this can keep cooler, cooler. longer and run at higher clock speed longer because of the fan. Okay. So, yeah, that's I, I'm curious to see what they do with that silicon and with the, the cooling, but bottom line... Too good to be true. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe all of it is going to happen. I just don't believe it. Uh, but we'll have to SD see. SD card slot.
1: I just, I can't wait to see their reasoning on stage. Yeah. Like, like, are they just going to be like, are they going to pretend it's like this, this new feature that's <laughs> never been seen before on stage? Or are they going to talk about taking it away and then... What is the one thing Apple is going to finally admit? Like, hmm, maybe this wasn't our best move. They got
0: to make like one joke about it, like, because uh, they never. App- yeah, does Apple they, joke? No, they do. They joke sometimes, but they they joke like in a in a very self in their own universe type of way, like
1: because <laughs> like, no one else exists.
0: Right. They'll they'll like maybe roast what Android doesn't do with their updates once in a while or something like that. But generally, if they ever joke, they're joking in their own universe, mm-hmm. uh, and so I could see them like self-referencing like we brought this thing back that you guys loved so much i don't know i it feels weird they don't usually ever admit fault ever and i feel like if you kill the touch bar you have to admit that the touch bar was wrong and if you bring back the sd card slot you're admitting that getting rid of it was a mistake
1: yeah i think the sd card slot feels like more of a mistake because you got rid of it and brought it back rather like when than they... like made it and then just kind of didn't do it anymore.
0: It's like when they went back on their keyboard design, when they went from the scissor switches <laughs> okay, and the butterfly yeah. switches, they made a new keyboard and everyone went, "You went backwards, thanks." Is, and is, Apple went, "Like our new keyboard, they just refused the new SD card slot." Exactly. They just refused, so they're probably going to have to paint it as new in some way. This I new port. I, I can't wait. it's just so obviously that. old that there's no way it's not hilarious. What
1: poor new VP there is gonna have to give this part of the presentation
0: on stage. It's going it's the new courage. It's definitely the new <laughs> courage. Them explaining why this beautiful new port is appearing on their greatest MacBook ever when we all know it was there two years ago, four years ago, five years ago. It's it's gonna be great. Uh last thing on our list of like major tech topics, because there's a thousand of them, but we're picking the major ones. Yeah. Uh we dropped a new video on the Sony Xperia Pro. Mm-hmm. It's a $2,500 smartphone with last year's internals, but a couple pretty sick features that make it incredible for pros. Best pitch ever. That is the pitch. Um, No, it's the Xperia 1 Mark II, but in this like pretty sweet polycarbonate shell, it's kind of like it has a case on it already. And it's plastic and honestly, I I think it's not bad. I actually like that like choice but of the case of the like exterior, yeah. I think it's fine. I don't think it's glass. that bad.
1: I, I would be interested in more phone companies almost doing like a quote unquote built in case, yeah. Because I
0: mean, everyone's going to put a, a case on most of their phones, yeah. Uh,
1: remember the S7 Rugged Edition? I think active. it was the 18 to yeah. active, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of miss those,
0: yeah. But the reason this one's polycarbonate is for antennas and signal strength. So it has these beam form it has four beam forming antennas that will combine for a really great millimeter wave 5G signal. And that's specifically for a feature that's built into the software that'll let you live stream or send high quality photos and videos to a service like YouTube or Twitch, wherever you want to stream, you could use StreamYard or Streamlabs, all this stuff from the phone. And the phone is connected via HDMI because yeah. there's an HDMI port on the phone to a mirrorless camera or to really any camera with an HDMI port but mm-hmm. I was using it with an A7S3. Yeah. So now you're using your A7S3 basically as a webcam or whatever you want to do or with it. Or live streaming like or a live streaming camera a Twitch cam, IRL yeah. stream mm-hmm. or like just sending photos cuz you're taking sports photos and you're just sending them off. So this this is is crazy. It's very an, an interesting <laughs> setup yeah. if you watch the video. It's kind of like this uh this YouTuber rig of like putting it all together, having a cage around the A7S III mm-hmm. and like a shoe mount with the phone on it and the cable and maybe a mic if you have extra space. But this this solution to me is is like absolutely the most Sony thing they could have done, which yeah. is yeah. making an incredible technical achievement in a phone that's really great for a very small number of people mm-hmm. that no one will ever appreciate because it'll never be in stores. And it's $2,500. Yeah. So I, I think the
1: well, first of all, I think the whole kind of point of the video which we didn't notice is that it's like we've seen a million phones call themselves the pro versions and this feels like the only pro like this is actually for professionals. and if you are not a professional that this would benefit from, it's probably not a not for you at yeah. all. Um, I do th- I'm trying to think of the camera rig we had today with it on and that we shot for in the video. And I would love if there was some way if you had a cage on your mirrorless camera that could bring the phone back almost in place of where the general screen was. Because right now you had it up with a shotgun microphone facing forward and then it's like off to the left. And the cable is like an extra foot out on the side of the camera. It's just hanging out. It's just like all over the place and feels like a lot. If you could bring it back and kind of tilt it upwards along the back of the camera. So the only reason late.
0: the only reason I think that might not work great is because there's no touch control. Like if you had one-to-one control where you could still touch the screen and go through the menus and do whatever you want on the phone screen over HDMI, that would be great. But since you can't do that, you still have to use the menu button that's on the back of the camera and the jog wheel on the back of the camera. Yeah, and that would, I, that would be blocked. I feel like if you could tilt it off, and you still, still reach
1: have it? your fingers behind it, Ooh, blind? Then, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a tilt wheel and an okay, pretty much. Fair, okay, yeah, I guess that's because it disables the physical viewfinder on the back of the camera. It correct? does. It's black. Um, yeah, so that seems kind of weird. I do think it's. I mean, you mentioned the main reason for it would probably be like a photographer at a like major sports complex that has millimeter wave 5G built it's in. It's so specific, which but is it, insanely specific. Would be, it would be
0: so great for that person because they're down on the field. They're doing sports photography. Maybe they just got the new Sony A1, which has like a 50 megapixel sensor and uh-huh. it's made for sports photography. It's not out yet, but that's like a, that's a new $6,500 full frame Sony yeah. camera. You're down on the field with that. You have the Sony Xperia Pro connected to your camera, so you're sending photos straight as soon as you take them right up to the booth to be published for Fox Sports or whatever you work for. Mm-hmm. Or you're even doing videos that can just be beamed up to the broadcast because you're in a stadium that has 5G. Yeah, that is the that is such a like it's going to be a great tool for that person, and I'm so jealous of that person because they're going to get the Xperia Pro and love that thing. Yeah. And everyone else who's thinking about getting the Xperia Pro, think very carefully about what yeah, else you yeah. could possibly use it for.
1: I do think there's potential for it in the IRL streaming community. So, as far as I'm aware right now, a general setup to go stream yourself walking around the city, going to Disney World, whatever, is kind of like a generally a Sony like action cam. So, maybe the size of. It's like a two GoPro. phones put together. Yeah, not quite a GoPro, it's that longer one okay, is yeah. what I've seen because I think it has a little more capabilities than a GoPro, and then they have that on a selfie stick attached to like an external battery attached to um some sort of antenna, cellular antenna. And then they hold another phone in their hand that has their chat and everything like it. So you're talking about people walking around with like a lot of stuff. I'm imagining like a you hook that up. I mean, this isn't as professional, but imagine hooking that up to a uh, RX 100, and then you just have a little RX 100 with your nice screen that can that is also your signal to send to Twitch, to send to YouTube, and yeah. could I don't know if it would be able to have your chat on it as well. It would be crazy if it could have your viewfinder and chat split screen, Whoa. and it feels like uh like. IRL live streaming dream. Yeah, just pick a
0: pick the smallest camera you can that does HDMI out, and you're yeah,
1: set. And is like good. I mean, I don't think any of them are. No one's streaming in 4K. I don't think so. Well,
0: you could now if, you you're, could, in you a, could. if you're in a if you're on a 5G antenna, you yeah. can now. Dang. Yeah, I, I that's think actually that's good. interesting. So it's such a small. Yeah, it's a really small niche. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> niche. opens up. That opens it up to about 20 more people exactly. on top of the NFL photographers. <laughs> Went so. from 30 to 50. So for those for those people. <laughs> Wow, boy, do I have a phone for you. You're going <laughs> to love the Xperia Pro. Uh, it's a little pricey, but hey, where else are you going to find a 4K OLED viewfinder that has 5G built in? Um, other than that, yeah, no, there's there's not a whole lot else to say about it. The, the A1, by the way, I think is really interesting. Um, we can we can briefly talk about yeah, it. it I know quick. we don't have it in our hands yet, but I do think we will pretty soon, which is exciting. Um, the A1 is a small mirrorless camera, about the size of A7S S3, 50 megapixel sensor, 8K, 30 FPS, 10-bit video, 4K, 120 FPS, 10-bit 422 video, 5-axis in-body image stabilization, $6,500. To me, this is like attacking if Sony could finally do it, like the all-around best hybrid camera, which I think for me is still the R5. But the big downside is, well, one, we don't know the thermal situation. How long will it shoot 8K? Will it overheat? I don't know. Number two, No articulating LCD screen. It's just plastered to the back. Doesn't tilt, doesn't swivel, doesn't flip. It's just right on the back of the camera.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it doesn't even tilt.
0: Yeah. So as a hybrid shooter, I really love my R5. Like, that's a 45 megapixel sensor. I think the knock against the a7S III being the champ was it's amazing for video, but ooh, 12 megapixel photos? Can I really get away with that? Honestly, the answer is probably yes. But people just like seeing the bigger numbers, Uh so you get that really sharp, high quality. You could do landscapes. You could do billboard photography. But I think Sony's ads right now are sports photographer, nature photographer, that type of thing. So we'll probably have to go do a little more testing in the video department to see if it actually Mm -hmm. pulls off 8K video.
1: Uh, Sony's also coming out with a drone in the future, aren't they? Yeah, I've seen those Slap that on a drone. Oh, wow. Aerial photography. That's like what I first thought of is like
0: some good Good, good drone footage, and then slap that on an Xperia Pro and live stream <laughs> the drone footage to a uh, wherever you can find a five. We've added tower. one more, one more consumer <laughs> for that phone. It's like three more people. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's pretty much it for Sony. We've we've talked about a lot this podcast, kind of all over the map, but we've got a lot more to talk about in the upcoming weeks. I'm sure there's going to be. I mean, we always say the first quarter of the year is quiet, but here we are, just rolling through the new announcements and Apple stuff and Tesla stuff. So, anyway. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Definitely continue to hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you like and let us know what you want to hear. Maybe we can play some uh, some games or like some unique headline games games in waveform. Yeah, I've been thinking
1: about that. I really, when we get to a video section, I I need to have some sort of game, and I want to have a leaderboard for whenever guests come. Oh, I like that idea. That's like I. I have an idea for a game, but I don't think it's that good. Don't spoil it. (laughs) I love Top Gear's leaderboard for whenever they had a guest on, and I want a leaderboard that I can literally judge how good guests were based on some arbitrary game that we play. Perfect. Okay. Okay.
0: We'll be working on that mentally. Help us out, yeah. Till the next episode. Thanks for listening. Waveform is brought to you in part with
1: Studio 71, and our intro-outro music was created by Cameron Barlow.